Hello, listeners. Well, I have a little bit of a preface before I actually dub this episode. It's a little bit of prior information to prepare you for what you're going to listen to. Unfortunately, while recording with Nathan, uh, our wonderful spotlight guest this week, Nathan Reardon, I had some very unfortunate audio that just so happened to only happen on his end for the most part, and it was really upsetting because um, he's he's a cool guy, and I think it kind of it kind of messed with the flow of it. I, I had a lot of awkward laughter, mostly because I, I was trying to keep up and be so attentive to what was being said so that I could respond. So for that, I'm, I'm sorry to the listeners and to Nathan. But at about, I'd say, five minutes in, there's a part of the information where Nathan was talking about his naval experience. And um, he was talking about being on an FFG which is uh, the smallest vessel that you can be on uh, apart from a, a minesweeper. And I have no idea what either of those are, except for the fact that in the Navy, it means something completely different. Uh, apparently, it means forever effing gone. And because of that, and because of our unfortunate audio situation, I have dubbed this first part in honor of the audio lost forever effing gone. Oh, to be lost together. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. There we go. It's prompting me. Sorry. All right. Hello, Apprenticeship Diary listeners. Uh, I'm here today with Nathan Reardon. Um, this is a different kind of podcast because, uh, I mean, we we do a lot of different kinds. So uh, this is about the journey, whatever place you find yourself in your journey. And, um, you know, sometimes we're interviewing professionals. Sometimes, you know, Nathan's definitely a professional. He's just uh, trying to get into uh, tattooing at this point. And we're going to hit this where he is because I personally feel like his struggles are very common uh, for a lot of people that find themselves in his particular shoes and I think that he can speak to a lot of those people. And that's what the podcast is all about. When I first met Nathan, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it was online. And um, I can't recall if you reached out to me specifically um, for the podcast or how that really manifested. You can correct me. But Okay. So, yeah, we did meet on the Reinventing the Reinventing uh, app. We okay. met through that. You you commented on a picture I shared, and after that, you asked for advice because I was struggling getting advice around here. Perfect. Thank you, because that's where I was lost in our connection. I couldn't remember yeah. if it was through reinventing or if it was you had contacted me because you listened to the podcast. But that makes more sense because um, that was that led into how we actually met in person, um, and. Uh, so we've already had a lot of interactions and I think, you know, in the back of your heart, you're kind of like, I mean, if I can pick up on it, you're like, what the hell do I have to offer at this point? But you have a lot. <laughs> I feel like that general thing. And yeah, I've been through a lot so I can, I know I can offer more than I think I can. Yes. I just don't think about it until people ask. Yeah, no. And, and that was kind of the first, um, the first thing that I noted about you because we did meet online. So of course for me as a professional, I'm going to do with the tools that I have. So I kind of stalked you just to find out where you were at. And I only found you really as far as artistically on reinventing the tattoo. And so that was the first thing that I kind of gave you a hard time about. Yeah. And then you ended up having me go through my redo that and I completely uh -huh. redid that. Yep. Because I was kind of like, dude, you want to be an artist? Where's your art? <laughs> it wasn't shared because I never got before. 
Yeah. Well, and because, you know, usually when you check in with somebody who you're asking help from, it's typically the easiest things that don't come to mind. You know, like whenever I went to therapy, that's how it went. She would give me this like, aha, that I was like, that was so stupidly simple. And why didn't I think to do that? (laughs) Yeah. My therapy was different. We just sat there and I didn't think he was a professional because he had cards until he mailed me one and said, I'm a professional. (laughs) Then it worked from there. (laughs) Go a long way. Well, you're in... um... You're in healthcare, so you're in situations where you aid people in life-saving scenarios, and so you know how how erratic people can react and act when they're flailing, and they can almost aggress towards you when they need help the most, you know? Yeah, that's where two different types of training come in handy, mm-hmm. military and then the one work, the escalation. We'll talk about that because that's kind of where I found you at is that I was Facebook talking you and I noticed that you had been in the military and I noticed that you were in healthcare and I was like, I know that I don't have to be gentle with you. I I know that nah. you can take a hit. Yeah. And I was like, he, he can take this and he wants it and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lay it on. And, and I, I, you I did. found you held no punches. Well, and I, I knew you could take I it. I appreciated too. it. Well, you and you keep coming back, man, which is really a testament to your character. Like, I, I want you to know, like, I really think that that shows so much moxie. Um, but to get back on course, talk about your time. Like you were in military. What what branch? I served in the Navy on a frigate, which are the smallest ships we have versus mine. And it's the only one that doesn't have a male, female cat or crew with certain officers. They're also uh, the worst ships you could be on because they get thrown there and you're barely in port. But I was a firefighter for that. Wow. That's pretty incredible. I keep losing you here and there. I hope maybe our, um, I don't know if it's connection or something like that, but I I, just just popped up on mine a little bit. That's why I was checking it because I'm in the best room with my internet too. So, (laughs) well, then we'll just work it. Um, Maybe if, uh, I don't know, upon hearing, you know, people usually are able to, if they're good at listening, can can fill in the dots. Certainly anybody that's been on a frigate will, will understand. F stands for a different term in the Navy than frigate. Yeah. It means forever gone. Forever on? Forever fucking gone. Because you're always this. Oh. oh, man. Yeah. You get a lot of a lot of people from that time. Mm. What was that again? Uh, you get a lot of. You get a lot of salty people. Mm. Well, that explains a lot, actually. Um, so how did. Well, I mean, if you were if you were a firefighter on there, then I would imagine that when you did your service time, it was natural to then go into EMS services and things like that. You would think that, but that wasn't the routine for me. Okay. I got out and I, I got rushed out when I got out. So I didn't really get all of the service offered to help. Oh shit. So I was one of my friends at home hooked up at a Sam's club. And I started three days after I officially got out pushing Did that go through? Pushing carts? Yeah. Your camera's frozen up, I, so I didn't know if it did or not. Well, it it didn't, but I I, I was like, I mean, you can't be pushing anything but carts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started off pushing carts, and uh, I was had a very colorful personality while I was fresh out of the Navy. Uh-huh. I'll bet. I never got in trouble for how I addressed myself. People thought I was funny about it. My work mother put me in place and made me think about perspective. Mm-hmm. But it was bad that I ended up going to college where I was going to be an electrician instead. Got my degree and then didn't have the experience, even though I had the training, so I couldn't get a job. So I shifted over to healthcare. Gotcha. Well, that's kind of a nice bonus, though, to have. Uh knowledge of electrical work because that's difficult it, it 
Yeah. Well, but and it was worth and the it, though. It was entertaining. Well, not only that, but like um, now combined with uh, healthcare, you now have all of the perspectives to manage doing electrical work really well because most of the problems with electrical work is about dying. Yeah, somebody <laughs> is uh, run by current. yeah. Yeah. I'm also in all the departments in the hospital now, too, because I networked with everyone. That's awesome. That's really great. Well, and, and that was a, a relief when I found out that about you too, because, um, you know, typically when people are venturing into tattooing, they, um, it's not that they, ne they negate the, the cautions of bloodborne pathogens and stuff. It's just that they quick route it. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of bulk $20, bloodborne pathogen courses out there that are, you know, they're decent, but they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're things that you could very easily cut a lot of corners with. And it gave me a lot of, uh, calming reassurance that if you start tattooing, you're not going to hurt anybody, uh, Yeah, that way. I was, I was in bloodborne pathogens, both military for blood and nerve agents, and then in the hospital. Yeah, two different mindsets on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can ask a lot of questions of whatever mentors you have in tattooing that might, might be confronting for them, but might be much more knowledgeable about that, that area than they have. I've actually helped a few of my friends in the shops with questions when they had them. Oh, that's great. I'm glad. That's awesome. I mean, it, No, good to know that because I know that uh, a lot of times people, you know, they get an ego about what they know and they don't want to hear, you know, what you have to say about it. Met a few people like that, Yeah. but then I met a few people that are all, all about <laughs> education because I'm never going to turn down a chance. yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I love that. Well, that's what I like about you too, is that You know, you, you're obviously, like I said, you know, you were willing to get hit hard with whatever I laid on you and, um, and keep You coming did back for more. a big book. I got hit with a book <laughs> the first time, That's all I but give I. people. But I, I turned it around. I started doing uh, different color sketches, <laughs> and then I picked up a lot last year at Paradise. yeah. Um, and that was, that was amazing for me too, because you, uh, I mean, you showed up. I mean, that's the biggest Fifteen-hour thing. drive, getting lost in Ohio, and having to go on a sketchy road in the middle of the ocean, but I made it. Yeah. And that's after like, you know, a rigorous medical schedule. Yeah, 12-hour nights and then driving <laughs> a 15-hour shift or a direct. yeah. Yeah. So I, I see the passion. I see the dedication and um, I really appreciate it. And that's, what a lot of people don't understand about a lot of different things, especially nowadays is that um, job 101 is you show up, you know, you, you got to show up and you did. The shops that even the shops that turned me down here, <laughs> I still show up and socialize with them. yeah. Well, and, and that was something when I met you in paradise, which we can definitely touch on. Cause that's, that's an experience I do want you to, to, to talk about. Um, but I think you had just, you said that you thought you got an apprenticeship. Yeah, in the way I thought it would have, I was led on on that one. Hmm. Uh, He convinced me that when they relocated their building and opened up because they were extra, I would have one. And gotcha. I came back and that was not the case. Oh shit. Well, that sucks. Um, But it hasn't stopped me, though. I still go by with everybody and I'm still working to get in. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, persistence is a, is a, a main thing. I, it wears a lot of people down. In fact, they, they say that's a, I've, I've met people that that's how they got their wife. I've heard that too, but then I, I've, I haven't heard those in well though. Uh, <laughs> well, they're the people I know they're still together. <laughs> <sighs>
does it ever end well, Nathan? I mean, we're all destined to die if this all comes to the head, but you know, none of us are gonna, you know, really die happy. Like it's gonna end badly. <laughs> I don't know. The people that wanted to die, some of them probably died happy. I mean, maybe, but <laughs> but I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> a darker humor, but I don't want to bring that up. You all know who you are. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> well, um, all right. Well, I guess let's talk about paradise then. We met there. I met yeah, you a, I, a year ago today. Yeah, which is crazy. Which I didn't put that together until Facebook goes, hey, yeah, a year ago you survived a drive. Oh. Oh. Oh, cool. I forgot That's all my, about that. My favorite feature of Facebook is uh, the timeline pop ups of what you're doing. Usually it's not the stuff you want to remember that pops up and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> This time I'm like, I, oh, that, that's not a bad one this time. <laughs> I'm happy to report that um, so far, mine have been pretty awesome. I'm happy for them. Um, I've I done... get some random throwbacks from the Navy. Those are weird to look back years after getting out. I'll bet. I'll bet. Especially with what you were, you know, where you were and what you were on and how isolated and how chaotic it was, I'm sure. Yeah, saying the South South America and the Middle East, different deployments, different times. That's dope. That's really cool. Did you have see a how dumb uh, you were? Huh? Did you really get to see how dumb you were? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, 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 uh, I feel that every day, <laughs> especially these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, my life. Uh, well. Let's just say this. I, I enjoy drama um, for better or for worse. I enjoy it. Uh, people, I think, who say they don't like drama are lying. Uh, <laughs> uh, we all do to some extent. Um, I've learned just, I can't avoid it. Well, that's the, the thing. Is the more I try to avoid well... it, the worse it gets. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So you might as well walk into it. Just, just you know, go into the belly of the whale. <laughs> And you did. I do remember first time I walked in, I was looking around like, I know nobody here. And I looked up at a wall like Amy and Rico, right? And you guys are like, uh, who are you? <laughs> like, oh, it's Nathan. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, that was awkward. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> I, I mean, the first time I went, I didn't, I didn't care that I didn't know anybody. I, I, I did come with people, um, but they, I was their bitch when I went the first time to paradise. Now I so, know you mentioned uh, on the group that we're in, uh, that you added me to on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned to somebody about trips and they could do things like I did. Like I went with, and I made an agreement with somebody that I for to share a room. And we met for the first time there, and she's a really great artist now. Did that go through? She's a really great artist now? Yeah, I'm talking about that <laughs> one. It just popped up and said unstable, so I was like, I didn't know what went through or not. Did you say her name, or did you want to say her name? Uh, Medusa. Yeah, cool. There you go. Yeah, That's we, what didn't come through. <laughs> we met through the app, too, and uh, I'd already gotten Paradise booked, already paid for everything. Hell. And she was one of the people that wanted to go, but didn't have the money for and asked if anybody wanted to share a room. So I gave her the room. I slept on the couch and that's how you network. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and that helped too, having someone there that you were going to meet, I'm sure. Well, I already knew I was going to be me excited to meet Jesse Smith when I was there. Yeah. Isn't that dope? <laughs> yeah. I got a when I left and everything. I know he um, for anybody who missed that, he uh, we we all attended a um, a skull painting course, Jesse included, um, that was being put on by Christian Chris Perez. Yep. Yep. And and uh, Jesse did a painting and he didn't want it at the end. So he gave it to Nathan. <laughs> um, cool, because I got a lot did... of advice from him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was great. Um, do you want to talk about that at all? Because you probably can tell it better than me. <laughs> Yeah, whenever I know my style or anything, and I struggled with that, and I I just finished season two of In 
so I knew who Jesse was. Before I went up there, I'd won the contest uh, did on uh, the app, the reinventing app, and got one of his t-shirts. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, so I told him I had his shirt and I wanted to meet him, so I got one of his art books signed while and I sat and talked to him and I talked to Tara Quinn, who's similar style to him, and they developed mm -hmm. the fact that Whenever I do get into tattooing, it's not an if, it's a when. I'm more of a new school artist than anything else because I, I didn't realize how much I liked creating customs until I talked to them and started doing it. Mm -hmm. Everything I yeah. did before was something, draw it, and pretty much becoming a copier, which is what a lot of the shops I've seen do. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I had a lot more fun when I just sat down and drew up my own characters or my own variations. Yeah. Yeah. Nerd out a bit. Like both of them kind of talk about, I know Tara talked about, um, you know, how she's kind of a big kid and yeah, she hit me with the color theory and on how to, she actually talked to me whenever she was sitting at the table about just randomly drawing shapes until they become your character. Mm -hmm. And then Jesse connected because I didn't realize he was a veteran too. And that hit me with, and now listen to him talk and I'm like oh there's a connection there I can relate to that mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah it's just thinking outside the box on things I never thought about well and that's the that's the beautiful thing and that's why I recommended what I did to that um that one guy that was talking similarly about a struggle that I know you have had which is being in a small town where there's just not a lot of access no, there's not a lot of access, or if there is a case, the area is starting to get flooded with shops, mm -hmm. and then you know which ones are safe and which ones don't, so you know what to steer away from. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm on with uh, probably 90% of the artists in my area, and I just or two more shop rejections the other day, but they're not getting me down because I'm past getting, oh, you can't draw answers. Now I'm right. getting that we don't have the the space or the personnel at the moment. Right. Which is all understandable. So I've put three plus years into working on an apprenticeship and saying that it's just a matter of time for me. And that's how I believe on it. Yeah. Have you gotten tattooed in this time? I'm just curious. Have I gotten what? Have you gotten tattooed? Oh, I've, I'm covered in tattoos, just not below the sleeve or above the neck. Gotcha. I'm saying in, in the time that you've been pursuing it and oh, yeah. getting cool. That's awesome. I'm glad like, I've got a man who's like a little brother at the shop three years ago. He's the one who was pushing me to get in. One of my roadblocks happened and he's still been pushing me. He, he's done a lot of my tattoos and he'll, he'll let me design them and then he'll do them for me. That's awesome. That's rad. I, I love that. I've also got some artists that have they hit artists have artist block and they'll come to me to design stuff for their clients and they'll put my name out. Oh, that's really dope. That's said, awesome. It's not the fact that I can't do it; it's the fact that we don't have the or the shop owner has an issue. Got you. Yeah, it might be just a matter of time, or maybe um, you know, uh, if it comes down to it, you know, I've I've thought about this myself. I'm now in a private studio. Um, I don't think it's a space where I can, I tried to teach somebody there, um, but I don't think it's a good environment to try and teach someone because it doesn't have the energy of a tattoo shop. I actually had one of our best uh, neo-traditional artists in this area give me that excuse similar to that, and it made sense. He told me that, because one of the shops I was trying to is the one he's getting ready to leave to open his own studio. He told me that he doesn't recommend me a shop like that because I'll hit the same problem their apprentice is having mm -hmm. and that's the studio I won't have a client base that he yeah. would recommend me to start on a street where you have walk-ins to build yes. up before you go to a private studio mm -hmm. absolutely um, you learn so much in those little tattoos honestly um, it's just a rhythm and you learn a lot like you were talking about before we start um before we start recording, you learn about how to connect with your clients uh, in a very, um, I mean, you know, you've gone through very tense, uh, you know, modes of education, both I'm sure, in all of it, 
in being in the Navy and being a firefighter and being a medical person like you, you are put into the, this very pressure cooked environment of performance. And you learn so much with that, that from that point, you can then you can then very much so start crafting your own rhythm and your own style and your own being. Now you have an artistic style, you have a drawing style, but I mean like a performance style because we are doing that perf- too. Yeah. And it's all, it's not about necessarily you. It's about you dealing with too. Mm-hmm. No. And that's what I mean is that. Which I but- picked up on that too. Just hanging up because I've become a feature in some of the shops with the clients to where they ask where I'm at when I'm not there. Yeah, no, totally. Um, well, and I, I, that's the thing is that I think that, um, quite possibly, and that's what I was getting at, maybe you and someone else, because I remember saying to both you and that guy on the apprenticeship group that I do on Facebook, that maybe you're going to have to be the trailblazers in your community. And maybe you and some of these other artists will venture out and create a shop yourself. And I've considered because I don't have to have a license to create a shop or own a shop. Yep. I have a license to tattoo. Yeah. And Kentucky is a lot more strict on their license to where the only way I can get a license outside of a shop is by traveling. But gotcha. I, I can I qualify for a VA business loan and I considered that it's just fine. It's willing to go with it. Well, I think that if you drafted a contract where you would be a business partner, but that it would pretty much be that you would also be an apprenticeship. You would be an apprentice under somebody, but you would be a partner in owning the place. So, you know, maybe draft two contracts, one that links you to the business and then another one that, you know, is an apprenticeship contract that, that, you know, ask somebody to teach you while you're there and if they already learn. love you. Uh-huh. I did learn with this idea. It's not smart to talk about this idea in a shop. What? It's not. It's not smart it, to talk about this idea. What? In a shop. Oh. Especially well, if that shop owner's there, because then he's like, "Oh, nope, I'm not going to work with you now." It was just a thought, man. <laughs> well, the thing of it is, is that you're. The reason why I'm going there is because. The truth of the matter is, is that if you are already being asked about by clients, then the reality mm-hmm. of the situation is, is that the studio owner is, is, me as a is threat. yeah, well, uh, or is just uh, not, yeah. they're not willing, they're not willing to let you be there anyway. You know, like they're just not letting, they're, they're closing the door already without closing the door. Which is what I've figured out after three in that shop. Yeah, I I got a bunch yeah. of random excuses, but it just it just didn't want me. But he didn't have the balls to tell me. Yeah, and and that's shitty, right? Which, which is what? Yeah, I agree, it's shitty. But that's why I appreciate the other two guys letting me down face and giving me the exact reason was staffing, and I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's better yeah. than being strung along for three years. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and um, I think that um. I mean, you know, at least, at least you got to hang out and at least you oh, got I'll to see a lot out. of things. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm glad that you're still able to. I'm glad that the door hasn't completely been shut, but yeah, he, I'm sure still sees you as a threat and you are a threat. Um, that's, that's the reality of that. Um, you are a threat. So that's not, that's not even a lot. I mean, you know, to, to think he's lying or that he's holding back on the truth. The truth is, is you are a threat. Um, because you have made a connection with his artists that if he's not careful, you might be able to uh, offer these artists a, a goal of theirs that this guy is never going to offer them. Yeah, he the fact that all every artist in his shop was pushing to get me in, and then he brought in two other artists. And me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, you know, it's stuff like that's always is- fun. You're just looking at him like, really? You're going to do this now? Hey, okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's a, uh, you know, I, like it's kind of almost shittier I, when guys I'm do that. I'm 33 years 
23 years old and the newest guy he brought in just turned 18. I'm like, I see what you're doing. You're bringing in some manipulate and mold the way you want them to. So they don't mm -hmm. fight back. Mm -hmm. Bringing the kid backbone. I get it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's exactly what it is. Um, uh, I mean, you know, you've experienced it a lot. Um, it's very sad to me when you see that because it's, um, it's passive aggressive. It suggests it, it, it just shows that somebody is very afraid for reasons that they have not addressed and, and not healed within. And i I feel for him because that's, um, you know, you, you are a threat, but you don't have to be a threat. You could be yeah. an asset. <laughs> and if you look at the other shop I was trying to get into, it's a night and day between the atmospheres and both of them. Because you walk in there and they're on good terms with shops in Evansville and or in uh, different parts of Kentucky. They network. They all come in and have an art night, whereas all the other shops are at each other's throat. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the art night shop does far better than any shop in the area. It's studio, so it's less busy whenever I go in there. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that they can charge more for their craft usually. Yeah, they do by the is. hour where the other shop does, which is one of the things that took me a while to get understand is how do you price yourself or per piece? Because I've seen both. That's yeah. something that, that's been a learning curve for me. It's trying to evaluation. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is something that you will learn more once you're actually in it. Um, uh, and it will depend on whether or not you're somebody who likes uh, getting someone's idea and drawing a custom piece from that, or you like sitting with yourself and making pre-drawn pieces and which, and I, putting them out there. Which I do both. Like right now, uh, there's nobody around here for me to mentor me. What I want to do because there's no new school artist in this area. Right. This area. It's focused on black and gray portraits or uh, neo-traditional. <laughs> it's already here. My next book. Okay, listeners, I've got something to share with you that I'm already in love with. I don't know about you, but I'm a total book nerd. I have so many books. A lot I haven't read, I admit. There's just something about having bookshelves full of possibilities that calms my soul. So when I attended the Bogota City Tattoo Fest this past August for the first time, I was delighted to run into my friend Ina Vigilato. We've actually had her on our show, so go check that out. Straight away, it was like God used Ina to guide me over to Black Dagger Books. There I met Travis Lawrence and Josh Rowan, the creators of this enterprise, and got hooked as soon as I saw their product. It's these beautiful little books just full of art, amazing art from amazing tattoo artists. From here, I'm just going to read what their site says. Black Dagger Books is an ongoing collection of artists defining modern tattooing, published monthly, one artist per book, one book per month. A subscription is $25 a month. You get inside of these beautiful books, these, these custom stickers. Each one is filled with the most gorgeous artwork, and it always concentrates on these awesome tattoo artists, and I try to follow each one as soon as I... As soon as I open the book, I'm just like, oh, my God. So it's really worth it. Uh, do yourself a favor. Go over to blackdaggerbooks.com or if you're on IG, Black Dagger Books. It's all one word. And check out their product. Uh, like I said, the subscription is awesome and I'm really happy. Uh, this quells everything about, you know, the book nerd in you, the art collector. It also cures any guilt that you might have about having books just laying around because this gives back to the artist community. It's it's a win-win. And just so everyone knows, I'm not being paid to shout these guys out. I just genuinely love their product. And also, I really love them. You know, the creators, Travis and Josh, were amazing. They were so kind to me. They gave me so much of their time at the Tattoo Festival. So if you ever have the chance to meet them, talk to them. They're great guys. I just can't say enough things. So do yourselves a really big favor. Go check it out. Thanks so much, listeners. Let's get back to our podcast. Right. Uh, well, great artists of both styles, but they're not my style. I don't think you need your style. Um, that I will say. Um, 
that is, you need somebody who can respect your style, but you do not need to learn. In fact, new traditional, I would recommend highly falling under somebody like that. Which is, that's the one that gave me the advice about the private shop versus a street shop. Mm-hmm. Because neo-traditional, in my personal estimation of tattooing, is the ultimate. Um, it is the ultimate fusion of the craft. The old and the new. The old and the new, the the art in general, color theory, design concepts. To me, it is the epitome of everything that it could be. Now, it's not my style either. I would love it to be my style because, shit, dude, I would be so much more wealthy See, I was one. I was wanting to learn from this guy because uh, I'd never met him before. I'd heard his name in the area, and then when I go in the shop, I met him for the first time. And I'm, oh, so that that's cool. What are you doing? I look at him like, holy shit, that's awesome. And he goes, yeah, Trad. I'm like, dude, that looks like a sticker. He's <laughs> he's he's one of the or color artists in this area. And when I hit he tattoos, he uh, he tweaks them like, see woman. The like gypsy tattoo, you know the American traditional gypsy tattoo. Mm-hmm. When I walked in the shop, he had taken that and he had superimposed a supermodel with it and came you know, a traditional one for it. Mm-hmm. So it's part portrait, part American traditional. Yep. And yeah. just the way he did it, the bold lines he put in it, the colors, everything, it made a sticker on their skin. Oh, it's it's incredible. And Every technically- tattoo he does is like that. When technically they're very, very, very good. So that's what I mean is like, as far as technical tattooing, which is all you need, honestly, is if you are a person, which I I think you are, that can, um, you know, sit in a space and kind of just learn uh, how to put it in a good line, how to kind of work the machines and all that stuff. And, and you already know so much about not how, how not to hurt people. Um, that's all you're going to need in order to take that information and put it into new school. Um, from that point on, you know, you still have access to people like Jesse Smith. He's wonderful. He does, he does uh, regular drawing nights too at his shop all the time. And I remember they mentioned that it was like what every Wednesday said they meet up every day and just tattoo not real or not tattoo related. Yep, and I still have yet to go. I still want to go, but um, I know the that's too far for me. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me, but it's it's still uh, something I have yeah, yet to end. It's been a year. I don't want to drive all the way. I don't want to drive to be like, yeah, I just drove like fourteen hours. Can I draw? Right, I know. I know. And by the way, can I like, I don't know, have your couch for the night? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do a full 28 hour drive back and forth. Uh, I'm, I know, I'm good. Right? Oh, seriously. I don't like wow. my car that much. I know, dude. Um, I am going to, I probably will see him again because I'm going to the needle jig event uh, at the end of October this year uh, or this, this October. Uh, so I will be there. It's it seems like a much different gig. It seems like just um, learning and seminars. I'm really excited because I did not I did not sit through or take Mark's. Um, uh, oh, you didn't do uh, that. At no, no, I did. I did. That was a, yeah, that's that was awesome for me. No, and I want to because uh, I technically I can he, always improve. He's what, got what? a very unique sense of humor, too. Oh, I love it. I it's love fun it. sitting in for his interviews and everything when he's sitting there. He's like, "Yeah, I interview." You're like, "Wow, this guy, could, he, this guy talks like a sailor too," and he that, that's entertaining. He's very, um, yeah. It's it's uh, you can tell that he. I mean, he's like the old man. I, I, he's not an old man in my estimation, but he speaks from a place of wisdom with like this very knowing smile constantly on his face yep and he experienced into it too because he would talk about how whenever he used to tattoo to spread his needles he would use a chair and do that and then as he said he would talk about how he would uh apart with a piece of silk and then he would he brought that up whenever he was talking about needles and looking back he goes i was a dumbass you don't do that you don't think about what it does to the client's skin until you think about (laughs) making the needle (laughs) <laughs> but he'll sit there and he'll talk about all the old 
experiences he had in his career and convert them into how it made him look at things now. That's really cool. Well, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see him again because I do want to get him on the podcast. And he said he would give me an interview. I just, you know, I, I honestly haven't touched base with a lot of people that I had hoped to. Um, I'm in a weird phase with the podcasting. Um, I feel it moving, but I I need to be true to where I'm at right now. And I'm learning so much about podcasting. And I really want to be to the caliber that I think somebody like Mark deserves um, and I, I, I want to be consistent. So, um, we'll see, we'll see. Um, well, but I, you know, it's, it's been a thing for me, it's been a, a technical thing of, um, my audio engineer, he's getting really busy. And so he is having to pull back from me and, and the consistency I have about the product going out is not really what I want it to be. And I can't fault him because he's given me his services for years and it might come down to me actually doing this shit myself. I'm kind of scared about it, but I'm, I have to do it. <laughs> so, so I'm in a, I'm in an apprenticeship learning journey too. It's just different. <laughs> I get that too. Like, uh, the only thing I've got going for me right now, uh, I'm still at the hospital, but I'm managing an event next year at the Lexington comic con. That's awesome. I've negotiated with my friend Cody in the shop here, which is like a little brother. And uh, right now we're talking to an artist up in bowling uh, come down with us too to do tattoos at Comic-Con. That's awesome. I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to hear about that. I'm excited about it too because I met a up there last year. They were pretty cool. They're, they're coming back this year, so it's two different tattoos convention. That's awesome. So as the manager of this, uh, are you going to be... Uh, I guess uh, talk about some of the things that you're going to be uh, doing with them and what, what the scope is. Well, once I, I thought, well, <laughs> I went the last two times and it was just to see the environment. I'd never a comic con before that outside of San Diego. Uh huh. And that's where I met a uh, arts tattoo in Litchfield, Kentucky. Cause they're the only shop there. And they, they were, what, what's the name like, again? They're called mystic arts. Okay. Thank they're you. the only yeah they're the only tattoos in Litchfield, Kentucky, and they apparently they've done this for a couple of years at the convention. Is go down there with some tattoos, small tattoos, line work, things you would do on Friday the thirteenth, so they coming through. Mm -hmm. And they also have a book of custom work that they drew out. Two awesome. artists, and they had two people manning the booth. Well, last year they did a uh, a thousand tattoos in the three day event. And one of them was uh, Steve Arrow. Right on. Yeah, he came through and got a little arrow tattoo on his arm. Oh, that's cool. So they can advertise that this year, but just that, okay, I'm going to do something a little bit different because I can't tattoo myself. I'm bringing a cartoon anime artists that I know to Comic-Con that will appreciate it, can talk to people students when they walk by. And we're also going to be selling custom prints and stickers that we deserve too. Awesome. Are you going to um, try to do, because I want to try and catch it, are you going to try to do any recordings or live feeds from the event just to kind of share with social media? I'll, po I'll probably put some stuff on, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to do videos because I'm not really good with cameras personally. <laughs> well, as well, that wedding photographer showed me last night when they got a picture of me. <laughs> well, well, um, find the person in your group that could do that or find a friend. If you have a friend that is I've, good at, I've that. got another one that's considering going up there. He's, he's an artist also, but he's only been doing it for a year and doesn't feel comfortable for doing an event. Oh, put but him he, to that. He, he's big about being in social media. So he does Get a lot of the recordings that. there. Awesome. Their shop here in town. So he's he's considering going with us. Awesome. Um, what's it's, his uh, name? His name is uh, Sean. Sean. Yeah. He's uh he's only been doing he specializes in calligraphy tattoos. Awesome. Um, well, if you could, by the end of this uh, recording that we're doing, send me anybody's Instagram or socials. I'd love to follow all of them and. I'd love to like, you know, shout you guys out and bring attention to you in ways that I can and uh, let our listeners check it out, you know? 
Yeah, that'd be really cool. And that, and I can give them a heads up on it too. Well, now, when does it happen? Uh, this Comic Con is next March, the twenty third oh, through the twenty sixth. So there's rest to get everything squared away. Awesome. I've Wonderful. just been I've been I paid for everything for it, so I'm already a nervous wreck trying to balance everything out. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it's good to be, um, That's the only perk of having supervisor experience. I'm like I know how to manage events. I just don't like to do it. yeah, but I, you're, you're walking into something that might, like I said, if you go into this role of like, you know, making these connections and taking this kind of hit for the team, you might be able to, um, make a shop with some of these Yeah. people and that would be great. We've had one local artist who got mad at me because I didn't invite them to it. She 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 lost it on me saying, "How do you even get the booth when I've been trying to go to this event coordinator for six months?" I go. I sat on the computer emailing back and forth until they told me I can get a booth. That's well how I got the booth. That's why I'm so dead set on this. I'm like, I spent this. I got to get this to be successful at least one time. yeah i think it's going to be epic and if she um has any kind of grace she should go and just Oh no, kind I'm of check it out with me now. no no not go with you but just go to the event like just go you know like Cue pointer. i mean That's my sister. <laughs> right on Yeah, that, that's who's your why I'm sister like, I'm not gonna go with her. <laughs> so that's your sister Yeah, my sister does tattoos also. oh right on so why won't she apprentice you Uh, because I don't want her to, and because she is uh, reapprenticing her now. she's a what She went back into a different shop as an apprentice. oh, okay so she's relearning She is one of my roadblocks, honestly. ah And that's because she got into it. She's younger than and found out I liked it in the past. And then when I got out of the Navy, oh, I'm going to get tattoos. So she jumped in. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then when she quit, the, that's when my friend Cody was like, you know what, Nathan, you should do, come in. I'm like, all right. She's like, fuck that. Big brother's not tattooing. We're going to make this a competition. I'm going to do it. She just blocked me. I'm like, really? Cool. Uh -huh. And then got fired from the shop, and uh, one of them told me, "Go, you know, your sister just set you up for failure because you never pass that." I go, "I know. It's got nothing to do with me, but it's it's a roadblock. I can't get by." So it happens. Like I said, I've got no bad blood about it. It's just it was a uh, straighting at that time. well, yeah, and um. It's just small roadblocks, but everybody hits them. I mean, again, I feel like I, I, I can't blame you and I can't blame your sister. I blame the person that owns the studio, honestly, because they're in the power seat there. And I think to look at somebody who they know has potential and say, you know, you're not as good, you know, you're never going to be as good as the shadow that your sister has like laid down. It's like, dude, the fuck? Like, like, that's not... <laughs> Yeah, if I mean, it's honest, he, but it's not yeah, that like, owner's you know what I even mean? said it's not talent that he wanted my talent. He just didn't like the personality. I'm like, I got a personality problem now. I'm like, why are your clients asking about me if I got the personality problem? Oh, <laughs> well, it's not about his clients, sadly, and Yeah. that's a problem for No, him. that that's why I wanted to mention. They go, it's because you guys are polar opposite. I go, yeah, it's because he's the old school mentality that thinks. everything that walks in the door got it Well, I mean, it, it's, um, oh that is you his know, personality too but still yeah, I, it's funny though, because I've met, I've met some old heads that have been i met real, a little bit of both yeah, that have been really, really gracious that like, I'm kind of, um, I, I think it's just, um, at this point, I think it's just fear. Fear of change and He yeah, he, he claims feeling himself irrelevant. as a self-taught artist. As a what? He claims himself as a self-taught artist, too. Okay. And to be fair, in, in his prime of tattooing, he was probably a portrait artist I've seen in the area and probably a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But 
years have gone by. He's he's gone down on some of his style, and his other artists are picking up. I said, I've got no bad feelings for it. It's just a roadblock, and I'll get past it eventually. Sounds like more of a roadblock for him than you, um, honestly. Um, like you've mentioned before, I'm just competing with people coming out of school using iPads, everything else, and I'm a sketch artist to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the thing of it is, is that I will never, ever, ever dash. And the, in fact, I can't, it, I think it's superior. An iPad is only a tool. It is only an X and it should only be an expedition tool. It should not be a tool to, I think, use to learn how to draw in my personal opinion. Um, drawing to me and real artists get dirty they get tactile and they feel their hand they feel the natural connection with materials and especially tattoo artists because it i mean just between drawing on a piece of paper or canvas is light years different than managing what it is to do a tattoo on skin but when you when you don't feel the connection of your hand to multiple materials and you don't diversify that and you just keep that on an iPad, you are keeping yourself so limited, so limited in what you could know. So it's good that you're not like that. Um, you're not competing with them so much as you're competing with um, the fact that, uh, how could I put this? I mean, sure. social media is connected to all that. Like, you know, our, our tech tools are, are able to advertise for us a lot. And the optics of those things are very evocative. And really with those artists, they should just, they should just transition onto, um, onto, uh, Murphy says hi, by the way. I know that's, that's his dog. I didn't introduce him because, because he's like, he's trying to be as patient as he possibly can. He's like, dad, you've had, an hour already. <laughs> I've been good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, always up, man. Always with me. Well, he's going to have to learn because, like, I know. the the tattoo. He hates world... those 12 hour shifts. He's like, I jump on him as soon as he walks in the door. Yep. Coming 80 pounds right at three. Oh, okay. So he's still a pup. He'll he's settle. just, uh, he's a lot more mature than he was when. Yeah, I believe but I, it. But I get what you're talking about with it, because like, start doing the iPad until I first started talking to you, mm-hmm. and you said it's something that I needed to. It's, it's taking over the industry too, and to be fair, I do like it. A lot yeah. Faster, oh, I love it. <laughs> I enjoy it because of that. Where some of the shops around here are like, yeah, don't use that for anything but a reference. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then one of the, uh, the shops that because there's three main artists here that have been here forever. Mm-hmm. One, the one I've had issues with, but like I said, for the most part, we get along. And then uh, two of the, um, uh, he's immature, I, but that's about it. He doesn't tattoo. And then the last one, he's he's mellowed out over the years. He used to be a, a dick, and now he's the we could ever meet. Oh. I walked in there, and uh, he's sitting down, uh, an iPad out. He goes, "Yeah, I'm just now learning this stuff." I'm like, "Cool." One of the three older there is actually learning the ipad yeah well and um you know i don't i don't mean to dash it i just don't want people to adopt it as a crush. rely on it for everything yes exactly which i and get I, that that's what that's why yeah. i want to turn the apprentice page I go I, I do mixed medias on pieces of wood now because that's that hurts. that hurts which I so love. much which i love it looks really good if you do it right pop so much when you do it but it takes a toll on your hand which from what i've heard tattooing well a a big thing with that is um i mean first of all you're 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 using um color pencils which i think that's a that's the biggest part of that um i would um explore acrylics more if i were you be a little kinder to you and they do pop just as much um oh no i get yeah. that i used to do acrylic um, i used to paint a lot yeah and then i burned out of painting and it, i started using after i met tara quinn yeah or not, not acrylics I, d- I started using color pencil after i met her 
I love color pencil, but yeah, on wood, um, in order to get that kind of saturation, you're, you're really having to like press grind. really hard. Yeah. Yes. And yes. you feel it after so six hours of working on the one, you're like, I can't feel my hand. <laughs> oh, well, let's ask. You're going to get some interesting, um, uh, calluses and keloids on your fingers as a result or dips in your finger knuckles as a result um my one my one uh finger is uh bent a little bit uh because of how i hold my pencils <laughs> well i was told growing pencil weird anyway so i'm like we'll find out oh me too it works for me, me. Too. no mine works for me too i think the biggest key with um longevity is making sure that in the moments when you're doing things that you, you take breaks, you stretch, you eat well, you drink a lot of liquids and that you do not, uh, sleep with your wrists bent. Um, a lot of people, uh, curl their wrists when they're sleeping. It's a, it's a comfort thing, but it will wreak havoc on. I couldn't your... even think of doing that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that, that just makes me think of the strong or the scary movies with the strong hair. Yeah, it's very well, it's very inadvertent, you know, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who just curl their wrists in and they tuck in like that fetal position on the side. And it's, you know, which I've seen that, but yeah. I've also seen that without curling your fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can do it without curling. your. I've act actually had to train myself not to do that when I sleep. Yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine that. I'm like, ooh, that, that's gotta hurt. Well, wake up all stiff. Well, you don't for a long time until, and it usually doesn't manifest in waking up stiff. It it manifests in having numbness go down your hands as you're working, and a, a weird heat that happens to your fingers as you're holding a tattoo machine because the vibrations. They offer, um, you know, all those little stability muscles that, you know, get overworked, get inflamed. And so you, you end up having, um, severe pain, carpal tunnel. So that's, that's really what it is. And a lot of people have to, um, get surgery so that they don't feel that pain anymore. Um, mm. I've been fortunate. Uh, I also grew up with a, um, a father who's a massage therapist. So I've, had a lot of that in my life. I almost went that route too. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good they one. They make money. They do. They do. Um, that is one thing in my my life experience is that um, I've always been very um, blessed to know how to make money. <laughs> Whereas mine, um, I've been we bounced from home to home growing up in different factory jobs in the family. Well, I would imagine you're still making money. Just enough to get by and balance out. And that's about it. I mean, that's all you need. I mean, that's what I, I, that's what I do. I, say, I try to be humble about a lot of things. I don't need much anymore. <laughs> really yeah. cut down a lot of that. Well, it's good because you can always scale from there. And personally, I think you may not make a really good artist if you um, climb too far in the socioeconomic perspective just simply because um i think you lose touch with a lot of things that make your art really really good um personally i, I feel like healthcare has done that to me though yeah you, you lose uh you lose a lot of focus when you get in depression yes absolutely absolutely which which is where art came in for me i never told you how i got introduced to the reinventing app to begin with did i I don't think so, but it's okay if you told me or not because we're here and you're telling everyone now. Uh, yeah, uh, the person that the reinventing app, he actually joked with me when I told him I was going to be on your podcast. He goes, "Sure, you throw me out there, man." <laughs> Definitely throw all, like I said, throw everybody out there. But uh, he, he's a good guy. He works in the hospital. He's a respiratory therapist. And me and him worked uh, really close together back in COVID, and I, I got cross trained in a lot of to help out because how short staff we were and those were dark times and he looked or he ended up he saw me drawing one day i guess you like tattoos right I'm like we well, just look this up for me 
And he goes, it's an app. My tattoo artist runs it. He's, he's a client of guy. He drives to Marion, Illinois to get tattooed by guy all the time. Oh, fuck yeah. So he introduced me to the app. His name is, his, his name is John Michael. He's one of my good friends. And uh, I'm like, okay, I got onto it. I'm like, he goes, you checked it out? Yeah. I go, no, I downloaded it. Enough. And he kept pushing me until I actually posted stuff. And then first one to actually comment on it whenever I posted. So I'm like, oh, cool. Somebody's actually reaching out for stuff. And I started asking advice. And from there, uh, the different pointers you that book you hit me with, I focused on that instead of the negative of COVID and started trying to work on the get me out of the depression. Oh, I'm so happy. Hence, you just made my day. <laughs> that's why that's why another reason why I kept calling you a long distance mentor during those times is because and no one around here wanted to give me advice. I was I was going through a dark time and uh, whenever he told me that these sucked to go, you try dealing with three to four people dying per shift if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. pandemic and see what it does to your personality yeah yeah but, but I, I can't imagine advice helped me out well i'm so glad i actually um just reconnected with um a friend and she's actually been on the podcast um my friend nicole who um was an emergency care nurse and um it broke her in a good way um in in a way that need uh, it, I'm sure it felt awful, but she now works in um, cancer treatment. She administers um, chemo to people, and she said it's a lot easier if anyone can believe that administering chemo to cancer patients can be easier than COVID. But that's how acute the COVID world I, was. I can believe it. <laughs> I know oh, you can. I believe it. <laughs> Worked in it when we didn't know what we were doing from the very beginning all the way up to the end when we finally had the the fan and mm -hmm. I was in it from every step of the way because they looked at me and go, Hey Nathan, you're single, right? I'm like, Yeah, you don't have any kids, right? No, I don't. COVID. Fuck. Yep. Yeah. Well, and she was young and she was new. And I think that's really what her problem was, was that she was young and new, didn't have didn't have kids either. And um, really, you know, she, she didn't have the military background. She didn't have anything like that. She didn't, I was not a comfort for her. So that's why I'm grateful that at least I could have been a comfort to you. Um, because I was not for her. Um, she, I, I was looking for anything outside of COVID to get out <laughs> of it, honestly. Yeah. Well, and I think she knew she could come back to me when, when she was right again when she felt better um but it was not she was not enjoying me at that time because you know she she said things like i didn't sign up for this and i said you're in a in a, in a critical care unit of course you signed up for this <laughs> like, well, what did you think that was gonna be yeah but a lot of us were like that and a lot of the nursing staff quits the hospital because they're like we didn't sign up for this shit and it made it to where we were one nurse to patients all on the vents fighting everything yeah, it got it got so dark that we could look at you following in the steps. We're like, yeah, we know you're not going to make it no matter what we do. And we'd sit in there with you for your last one. And they couldn't be there. Mm. Well, and what I meant when I said that was um, not responding to the pain of the situation. It wasn't blaming her, but uh, it was. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, but like I, I, uh, I basically, I did clarify with her. I was like, you know, I don't blame you. I think that you're, you're being used as a pawn. And I think that this is, you know, a problem of administration. This is a problem of a lot of different things that you are feeling the very, very um, pressure cooked impact of, and it, it is unfair. It is very unfair. Um, but, you know, I, it is critical care too. And you are, you are doing that. And I, like I said to other critical care nurses at that time, I said, you do understand that you don't have to, right? Like, and I know that's a huge conflict when you care and love people so much and you want to help and you feel so much responsibility to that position. You learn but, to block off your empathy. Yeah. Well, you have to, if you stay she she, Which, she, she the, couldn't <laughs> she couldn't she had to by leave. the end of it 
and two other nurses that lasted through the entire pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, I, I mean, honestly, I can only imagine, I have no understanding about what that's like, but that's why I'm not a nurse. Um, yeah. There was a, the hardest part of it is one night, me and one of my favorite nurses, lost his wife to cancer. Oh my goodness. We, we were, we were working the pandemic and do you know what it means whenever they say there's a code? Mm-hmm. Yep. We went from code eight times. As soon as we walked out of one COVID room code, another one would go off. So we went wow. back to back and then after that, going to the tattoo shop the next day, the shop owner would be like, yeah, COVID's fake. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. Just have to sit there and bite your tongue while he's talking to clients, talking about how it's a fake, a government conspiracy. And you're like, I want to say something so much, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, it was a lot of things. And uh, I've seen uh, working, I see every aspect of it. And yeah. I can see where the government fucked up with it too, but having to deal dealing with the loss, it just stung hearing uh, people say, "Oh, it's fake." Like, if it, why did we lose so many people during it? Well, but, but like I said, I'm in a dark time, and then art and reinventing. I was excited to go to Paradise because of that, because it got it. Yeah. Oh, I would imagine that that relief. Um, yeah, I I to to have empathy for where you were at to hear it was fake. And that's, I think that that's what she heard when I challenged her perspective was she was thinking that I was implying that it was fake and I wasn't implying it was fake. What so I was had to implying, deal with a lot of people that did. All right. I felt like that was a, a great part to stop on. And actually I have an omission cause I, I really didn't uh, hear Nathan at the end when he said a lot of people didn't have the option. And, uh, I admit that's because I have a tendency to talk over people <laughs> and I didn't catch that until I just listened to it now. And I think that was a great place to end because it shows you what kind of guy Nathan is. He's, he's kind and he thinks about people and he lives to serve. And as you'll find out next week in our part two, uh, a lot of the reason why he wants to tattoo is to, uh, to serve on a different level. So please join us back next week for part two. Thank you, diary listeners. I love you. Ooh, one more thing. I wanted to shout out Murphy, uh, Nathan's dog. He was wonderful. He was super patient with us. He only barked a few times, but I, uh, I know how important he is for Nathan. He is his baby. And, uh, I think Murphy, Murphy, Murphy deserves a little credit. So thank you, Murphy. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We, we look, look forward, forward to hearing, hearing from, from our, our listeners. listeners.